Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have uh, two very, very exciting guests here with us today. Um, we continue our um, 213 Hoops merger with the Clipset podcast. Uh, we are joined by the brain trust of 213 Hoops. I like to call them Einstein and Eeyore. You might know them as Lucas Hahn and Robert <laughs> Flom. Guys, welcome to the show. I think I think uh, Robert is the brains and I'm the brawn. I think that's how we break it down. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. You sound really fired up. So I'm um, always fired up. We are. <laughs> that's a, this. Is, hey, listen. This is the most you will ever get from Rob. I can actually see expression on his face. Like, <laughs> well, I'm very happy that we were able to bring that out of you today, Rob. Um, so things have been good. Uh, for the Clippers for the last while, basically ever since Brian tried to tell everybody that the sky was falling, the Clippers have just decided they're not going to lose very much anymore. Uh, they are 17 and three in their last 20. Um, Small sample size, dude. That sample size isn't big enough. I don't buy it. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so let's let's get into it. Let's just jump right into it. We're going to start with things that we have liked um, over this last week. So. Rob, I'm going to start with you. What's what's the thing that has stood out uh, to you the most? Uh, you know, that you have liked asking me to pick things I like about the Clippers is really, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a difficult task. Uh, the thing I've liked is is probably the most obvious thing, which is uh, Paul George's play. Right? You know, um, yeah. The Clippers are going to go as far as Kawhi Leonard and Paul George can take them. We can nitpick about the margins of the roster. We can argue about, you know, Zoo starting over Surge, which may be a bit more than minor. And then, you know, DeMarcus Cousins and Yogi Ferrell and all this kind of stuff. Ultimately, it's going to come down to Kawhi and Paul George and, you know, the rest of the starters, sure. But, like, those are the two guys. If they are superstars in the playoffs, the Clippers have a very good chance of, you know, making a deep playoff run. If they are not, uh, the Clippers are probably not going to win uh, the championship and probably not going to make a deep playoff run. So Paul George looks great. Um, he had that slump earlier, uh, you know, a month or so ago with um, when he had his foot injury. Uh, that seems to be behind him. Um, still not seeing necessarily a ton of explosiveness, I would say. He has some dunks, but overall his play has just been really good. And with Kawhi Leonard out um, and other players like Rajon Rondo in and out of the lineup, Marcus Morris and Nick Batum getting some rest, Ibaka and Pat Beverly out, you know, Paul George being a superstar is, is what's been the driving force behind the yeah. Clippers getting wins. I, it's funny. You say Patrick Beverly and Serge Ibaka and like there's a moment where I'm like, who? Like, I'm almost forgetting <laughs> that these guys are on the roster. I was just thinking I, Pat Beverly. I can't I like I just don't really think of him as part of this team. It's unfortunate, um, but it's yeah. crazy. Like, it's, yeah, like not not even really joking. Like, like there are times where I see Pat on the bench and I'm like, oh, right. That guy's in the wings. I forgot about that. Right. Even when he was when he was playing in the middle of the season, he was on that like 20 minute a game restriction. And it was kind of like, oh, we're getting, you know, like kind of Pat just jogging out there for a little while. So we haven't seen like Patrick Beverly, Pat Beverly in in a long time. Like all year. Yeah. I mean, basically, it's been all year. Yeah. 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 Since like the first few weeks, really. Right. Um, Lucas, what's the thing that you like from this week? Yeah, I I like the vibes. I think the vibes are good. I think the vibes are the vibes are really good. And I think like, but seriously though, there's, there's something to like a team that rolls with the punches mm -hmm. and figures it out. Right. And like, right. okay, this hasn't been like the Clippers haven't had any crazy impressive games this week. They beat Portland by one without Dame. 
the the Grizzlies game is impressive, but uh, you know the, that's not really like the real Clippers. It's the Canoes, right? right. So yeah. it, that's not a great barometer for what's to come. And then the Rockets game was a, a terrible win, like the worst <laughs> win you could have. You it was know? just a terrible game. But I, th- but what what's you like about it is that okay, you're in Portland without Kawhi, down five with a minute left, and you win. Right. And you're playing against Memphis down six of your nine playoff rotation guys. You go down 18 points and you win. Right. You're playing against Houston and you're having a flat energy game and you've won 16 of your last 19. And maybe you just coast a little bit on a third game in four nights, which we all know is the hardest thing anyone has ever had to do. Right. And, and you know, they find a way to, to come back from an insurmountable seven point deficit in the fourth quarter and win that <laughs> game as well. So, I mean, I think that the Clippers are just, uh, they, <laughs> the vibes are good. And, and like Reggie Jackson is Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann and Luke Kennard, I think are the, the case study for it. Right. Cause That's none perfect. of these guys, none of these guys, when they're fully healthy, are, did you say the three kids, yeah. Robert? <laughs> <laughs> none of these guys, when the Clippers are fully healthy in the playoffs, knock on wood are going to be huge pieces. They might play here and there, but they're not going to be huge pieces, but these are the guys who are directly competing with each other for opportunity and the way that they share the ball with each other, the way that they pull for each other, like the way DeMarcus cousins comes in and hits a shot and Evita Zubats in foul trouble on the bench is up on his feet doing raise the roof. Like the vibes are immaculate with this Clippers team right now. And that is what makes me feel most like, uh, you know, it's not like numbers on a spreadsheet, the offensive rating, the whatever, which is all stuff that obviously I look at, but it's, there's a mood around this team that feels like how teams feel when they at the very least are, are, are really contending for a championship. I tweeted from the, the two and three hoops account, I think a game or two ago, it feels like it feels like the Lakers did last year to some extent, maybe not quite as over the top in terms of like the bench celebrations and the joy and all that kind of stuff. But it has a similar right. feel to how the Lakers felt last year, which is a, a good thing, even though, you know, they're the hated Lakers. Um, that team did win a championship, even though it was the Mickey Mouse championship. It's still a championship. I'd take a Mickey Mouse championship. Correct. Yeah. They have an the Clippers have an identity, right? They have an identity, and I feel like even through the first half of the season, through that Feb, especially through that February stretch where they were playing badly. Okay, the, they were good. The metrics were fine. They were, they had a good spot in the standings, but they it didn't feel like they had an identity. Right. And I think through the last month, the last six weeks, they've developed an identity, and that's been the most important thing. Yeah. And it's one that everybody fits into as well. And I think that that's the most important thing is like, yeah, it's been plug and play. Obviously, you'd like to be healthy, but it seems like everybody knows what they have to do within, you know, who this team is. So that's been that's been the best. And Rob, I don't know if you know this. The Clippers are not allowed to celebrate on the bench. It's it's not allowed. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, arrogant. it's actually illegal. It's yeah. illegal. Yeah. Actually, you could go. <laughs> they to haven't done that. anything yet. You know that this team hasn't won anything. Therefore, they can't celebrate. That's correct. Yeah, Paul George really needs to stop running his mouth at Devin Booker because Paul George hasn't done anything in the NBA yet. <laughs> that, that was the best one. Yeah, that was the best one. Brian, what's the thing that you've liked the most from this week? Yeah, I mean, I have something here that I like. I First of all, Lucas, you're dead on about the vibes. Like, it's you were there last year in the locker room with us. Like, it felt fucking weird. Like, it was, you could just cut the tension. Like, it just felt odd. Um, and even though we don't have that access this year, it's it's 
you're picking it up through the TV screen. You're picking it up from distance. Like that's how good things are. And like the, you know, everybody buying into whatever their role is, which hasn't been consistent for a lot of these guys, you know, like Nicholas Batum was starting and gets moved to the bench and becomes the, you know, defensive player of the year. So like it's everybody's like taking their role and playing the hell out of it. So I a thousand percent with you on that. Um, my, you know, I, I almost feel like my likes are being thrown in the trash because I also like that Lucas brought like a Walgreens size receipt of Joseph's tweets from the <laughs> the last game and referenced every single one of them. So I appreciate that also. Um, no, my like is is the canoes. I love the canoes. It's they're, they're the best ticket in Los Angeles. Um, but like for real, though, the thing that I like about them is, you know, this front office kind of made this promise of like. We're going to be contending we're going to be, you know, we want to be this amazing team, but we also want to bring back the kind of grit identity that was there in the 1819 season. And they've done it. And the canoes do that every time they take the floor. You know, it's this like somehow they're, you know, so close to taking the second seed. And yet half these games, they feel like the underdog going into it, even when they're fully healthy. There are times where they can feel like the underdog. Um, some of it is those, you know, for uh, first quarter lulls that they come out with. But. I just love the grit that they're playing with. You know, that it's um, Joseph. I think you've started calling. Is it the never die clips? Is the that never say die clips? Yeah. Never say die clips. Yeah. And it's true. It's true. You know what I mean? Like there are so many games where they're winning it in the second half of the third quarter. And like, I'll take it. You know right. what I mean? Like the, the third quarter clips feel like they're back. So I, I'm loving that as well. Uh, my big question, though, about the canoes and as somebody who loves this team, are they this like good and gritty or is it? They are coming out with zero system. And so nobody knows what's like, knows what to do with them. Like Joseph, before we started recording, said they come out and they play pickup basketball. The canoes are playing pickup basketball against an NBA team. And they're just like, I don't we don't have film on this. Like, I don't know what to do here. Like the Yogi Ferrell thing. Right. Like Ty Lu was like, I didn't give him any system. I didn't give him any playbook. I just said, go out and play your game. And it took him two quarters and he came out in the second half and felt comfortable, looked relaxed. And I think it was that free flow that won them that game and so are they good or is it that nobody knows what to do against just an absolute chaos offense i think it it's i mean it's definitely partially that because like my my famous example is tyrone wallace was great for like 25 games until people saw him and then he wasn't an nba player anymore (laughs) whoa (laughs) um and i think that that that's definitely an element of what's happening here especially with like that's that one Terrence man stretch. And I do think Terrence is an, is a rotation player in the NBA, but he had that breakout stretch where it was like, okay, people hadn't really seen him yet. Right. They didn't really know what he did in an NBA game yet. And that's definitely an element of it. Another element of it, I think that's affecting the way the Clippers are winning these games recently. And I talked about this on our show yesterday is that you're really getting to the point in the season where uh, you watch a game and like in a given NBA game, one team cares about winning the game and the other team doesn't. Right. And so like against the Rockets last night, the Clippers as lackluster as they may have been as bad of the, the energy may have been, they may have been missing guys. The Clippers cared about winning that game and the Rockets absolutely did. They have no reason to care about winning that game from an organizational standpoint down to the guy on the roster. They're not playing for anything like Paul George deep down knows like that losing that game could be the difference between going to Phoenix for game one of the second round or having Phoenix come to Staples for game one of the second round. Right. So there, that element is there for the Clippers in terms of motivation that isn't there for other teams. Um, and then I think another part of it is like you, I, it just feels to me so weird. Like Amir coffee only 
makes shots when the team needs him. Like yeah. when he's yeah. pressed into duty for 18 minutes, he'll hit two of three threes. And then in the next three games in five minutes a piece in garbage time, he'll miss one each game. So his mm. percentage is normal, but he's like coming through in the big games, like those two games um, in February where he had the big games back to back and then right. like didn't make a shot for two weeks after that. And like Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard has 28 points against the Grizzlies with everybody not playing. And then it's two of 10 in this game with Paul George back. Right. So right. I, I think there is some like some kind of lucky timing, if you will, to the shooting variance for these guys. Um, but you can also attribute that to guys really stepping up and playing with confidence and having confidence in each other, uh, which is, uh, you know, pretty remarkable when you think about like trotting out a lineup that has like two 10, 10 day contract guys, um, a two way contract guy, a veterans minimum player and like Patrick Patterson, right. worst of all. Right. So that's pretty special. Yeah. The Luke yeah. Kennard thing I think is interesting. Um, it does feel like it's more of a confidence thing and more of a the thing that has dogged him all year where if there's someone else on the floor that he thinks is better than him, he will defer and doesn't play like he's the best player on the floor. But in these canoe all-star games where it's like just him and he's the one who can score, we get glimpses of that guy who put up, you know, 30 points a game for a little bit in, in Detroit. You know, So um, I think that that's more what happened last night. That game last night was just awful. It was just, it was maybe the worst game I've watched all year. Speaking of last night's game, I've got one more like, um, and that's the Reggie bounce. Love it. Want to see yep. more of it. I don't Bouncing think defenses around. know Bouncing what to do around. against it. Bouncing. That's my track. <laughs> <laughs> Added it into the last segment. <laughs> um, okay. So the thing I like um, is that it's over. I mean, we have one more four and six. That's the last week of the season. But other than that, it's over. It's all over. We play six games over the next 17 days. None of them are back-to-backs. It's, I am, it's like waking up on Christmas morning today. Clippers get two days off, and then they play regular rest or on extra rest for every game until the last week of the season. And those four games are not that difficult in terms of opponent. So, um, You mean you're not scared of the Oklahoma City Thunder? Uh, <laughs> Lou, Lou, Lou Dort. Uh, in the last game of the season, is going to drop. He's not going to play. Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's going to. I'm surprised they're holding shoot him out times. already. I mean, come on. This season is going to end. <laughs> he's already on the injury report. Yeah. yeah. Has to right. I mean, the, the last like week of the season, they might play like five guys. Like they might just roll out Poku, just Poku, and <laughs> just Poku one on five. <laughs> You'd love it. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. your point is well taken. Um, I, it's good for us too, just from a content perspective, not having to produce as much content. Like I, I just need right. like a bit of a break. It feels good for me. Anyway. I was, I was going to say when you were saying that Joseph, that we, we finally met someone who dislikes watching Clipper basketball as much as Robert does. You're so happy that they don't have game as many games. It's been so tough to watch them four times. <laughs> A week, like every week, it's been four times a week, and they're as tired as we are. I mean, these these 10 p.m. Eastern starts, like when they had this big homestand in in April, like that the, yeah. that was a this was this has been brutal. I've been coming home from work and napping from seven to ten, and then waking up to watch the games, and then doing all my stuff and going to bed at like three. It's been killer. That that sounds like a lot of fun. Well, speaking of things <laughs> we don't like, 
Well, hold on. First of all, I'm very excited that um, that we are are putting to bed hashtag schedule talk. The schedule talk season is over, right? Is that is that it's what over. I'm hearing right now? It's done. Wow, wow, breaking news. Yeah, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move into things we don't like. Um, I think we should let Rob be the anchor here. So let's let's go back around. Uh, Brian, <laughs> what is what is the thing that you don't like? uh, from this week, man, I've never been nervous about delivering on a segment, but I am right now in the presence (laughs) of, uh, of Flom the great. Um, so my biggest thing is Kawhi's foot, uh, you know, sore foot that happens. I hate that he played in the middle of it. Um, you know, when it was announced that he was going to be reevaluated after a week, the first thought was, well, why did he play a night ago, you know, and like if it was to that point, who's putting him on the floor? Um, and it's just, it's just this continued, like, I don't, I don't know if it's negligence. I don't know what it is, but like, I'm definitely side eyeing the medical staff right now with the Clippers. You know, I I'm with you. I'm on the Joseph train where I'm like, Jason Powell is public enemy. Number one, we need to figure out what's happening, what information he has. Um, but I don't like that, that it clearly was still an issue and he played a game on it. That to me just doesn't sit right. I don't know where everybody else is out on that, but it, it just it gave me a weird feeling that that they rolled him out there to play a game when he didn't need to. And you look at the schedule and like nobody was like crazy. You know what I mean? Like like they clearly can win games without him uh, this last week. There was it was unnecessary right. to roll him out for a single game. Lucas, do you do you agree with that? <laughs> I I mean I don't know. I just think it's it's hard from from where we sit to really know, right? Like. I, because where from what what I see from that is the Clippers looked at that the week that they were going to have, they knew they were going to have a back to back and then have these two games against the Rockets and Pelicans in what, right? Joseph is saying kind of what the last kind of dense three and four stretch they'll, that they'll have this season. And I think they thought we'll play Kawhi on the front end and then give him a week off. Right. I, so I don't know that it's that he's, you know, managing a serious injury and they had him play through it as much as, um, it, it was more precautionary than, than anything, as opposed to like, oh, they had him play and he made it worse. I, I don't think that's what happened here. So, um, yeah, I mean, not to, not to defend uh, Jason Powell. Um, Cause I certainly, again, you know, we don't know. So, you know, maybe, maybe things are being done uh, wrongly, but I think we shouldn't mistake the Clippers not telling us stuff for the Clippers, not knowing what's going on. Uh, Cause the Clippers don't tell us anything. They, they don't give us injury timelines. Right. We get the injury reports in the afternoons every day. And that's it, right? Like when they said Patrick Beverly was going to be out three to four weeks, that was the first time all season that we hadn't gotten just day to day. Like Serge Ibaka has missed this entire time day to day. So, you know, they don't tell us stuff. That doesn't mean that internally they don't really know what's going on. Uh, It doesn't mean that they do either. But, um, you know, the folks over there do have MDs. So I'm inclined to defer. That's fair. I mean, it could could just be that (laughs) They wanted to see how he responded to some gameplay. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you have this soreness. You feel better. Why don't you go play on it and see what happens? And then we'll determine whether or not you can play this next week. Because if he had come out of that and was fine, he obviously would have you know, played every other game or whatever, um, managing it. But I think maybe they were just trying to test it out to see how bad it was. And when he was like, yeah, my foot still hurts. They were like, okay, we're just going to sit you for this week so that you're ready for the easiest part of our schedule this year. 
Um, yeah, that's that's fair. I, I think I think my my initial reaction is probably just based like it's compounded with like some of the issues that we saw last year with these lingering injuries and and you know the Patrick Beverly thing keeps coming back and and I think it's all right. of those are are affecting the way I'm reacting to this. Whereas you guys are coming at it a little more rationally. So cool, man. I'll stick to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lucas, what's the thing that you didn't like this week? I don't like that the Clippers don't punch first. Yeah. I think that when they get into the playoffs, when they're playing against good teams, I think that they are going to need to have more from the jump of games than they've had lately, even on this winning streak. And you look at like the games that they played this week, and again, it wasn't exactly a murderer's row, right? But they start slow against Minnesota. They end up being plus three at the end of the first quarter, and then they crush them in the second and third, right? Uh, right. They, come out, they come out slow against Portland. They're down at the end of one. They're down at halftime. They'll have 60 points in the first half. They go down, you know, again, this is the canoes, not the Clippers, but they go down 15 points at the end of the first quarter against Memphis, and then they come out really sluggish in this terrible, terrible game against the Houston Rockets, and they do end up scoring 37 in the first frame, but they allow 36. So it feels like more often than not, the Clippers just are not playing defense in first quarters. They let teams kind of walk into shots. Uh, They play what, what I've, what I've described as a kind of passive defense. So like, yeah, they, they position themselves, but they let the offense do whatever they want. Whereas then as they get later into the game, they start playing a little more disruptive defense. I would like to see the Clippers come out early in games and like punch the other team in the mouth, not let the other team get started how they want to get started. Um, and I think that they'll need that to beat better teams because like when you're in the playoffs and star players are playing 40 minutes, you just can't, you can't go down 12 points in right. the first quarter. It's, it becomes very hard. Um, it's not impossible, but you can't do it consistently. So like, yeah, you're going to need to win games the ways the Clippers are winning them in the second half of the third quarter. Like we've mentioned in the last segment um, in the second half, coming back from down five with a minute left, all great stuff. You're going to need to win those games, but you're also going to need to win games where you take control early and the Clippers haven't necessarily been doing that lately. Do you think they just looked at the Denver series and they were like, well, we hit first in almost every single <laughs> one of those games and that didn't work out well for us. Uh, no, I think that they do their best to not look at the Denver series. I know <laughs> yeah, that fair I do. Enough. Fair enough. You know, it all, it almost might be self-awareness because there were times at the beginning of this year where they'd, you know, come out and they'd hit 80% of their shots and be at, you know, 30 points. And then all of a sudden in the second half, you're like, why is it seven? Like, how did we let this team get all the way back in? And they decided mm-hmm. we're going to let them get that run out early and <laughs> then we'll, you know, and then we'll do it later. Um, I think, I think that Patrick Beverly is a big part of it too. Yeah. Like, yeah. cause Patrick Beverly hasn't really played, you know, normally since like mid February, late right. January, whatever right. it was. So I, and he's, he's a big part of their kind of, I mean, of just the energy and the guy who's going to like go get in someone's face and pick up a stupid foul 80 feet away from the rim two minutes into the game. Right. Like, uh, right. And, and they're missing a little bit of that edge, I think with that first unit. For sure. For sure. Um, we have the same dislike. I think it's just, can, can we not have it take heroics in the second half one time? Like, can we just wire to wire somebody or when we play the Rockets, you know, two weeks ago, can we not, have a shitty first quarter that necessitates, you know, the 41 to five second quarter for us to put someone away. Well, that um, is that, that, uh, that game did though, inspire the ice cream bit. So I don't know. It might've been it. worth it. Who's the real worth one? It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> worth it. Yeah, now I, I get think, to eat ice cream in really every nice. Clippers game. So 
<laughs> right. There you go. Bright sides. I just think it'd be nice if there was in, in these next couple of weeks, if there were a few games where we could just be like, kick our feet up and be like, Oh, I got this. Like they've handled this game from end to end instead of, are they going to do it? Am I going to tweet insurmountable with seven points with eight minutes left or, you know, what's going to happen here? Um, reverse jinx worked, ladies and gentlemen. I just want everybody to know it worked according to plan. Um, all right. So we're going to lay out, we're going to lay out the red carpet for you, Rob. What's the thing that you don't like this week? Uh, wow. There are so many things. Um, <laughs> if we're talking just this, if we're talking just this past week, um, I am not super fond of the Clippers depth at center. Um, DeMarcus Cousins has been kind of a fun story. He battles. He plays really, really hard. He is fighting out there. That man moves about a third as fast as he did even four years. And twice as fast as Patrick Patterson. (laughs) Yes, correct. Um, Like it's, it's really hard to, to say too much negatively about them because they do play really hard. Like they're some of the guys whose effort is always there. Like they, they do have, you know, you can clearly tell they're veterans. They've been in the NBA for a long time. Their positioning is good. You know, they know where to be on both ends of the court. I do not trust a minute of them against any good team in a playoff series. Right. Um, and Serge Ibaka is coming back. He's practicing. Um, you know, he should be back pretty soon, but, you know, he's been out for a while. Um, you know, all, all signs seem to be pointing to Zoo starting, which is great, but that will mean some sort of adjustment for Serge coming off the bench. How does he adapt to that? Um, you know, Zoo's maybe main bugaboo right now is, is his foul trouble. You know, if he's in foul trouble and let's say Serge isn't playing well, like do the Clippers have a third center option? Not really. Uh, they can go small with Marcus Morris or Nick Batum at center. Uh, I'm also a little wary about that against a lot of teams because Marcus Morris, you know, has played really well on offense. Um, he is not a rim protector. He is not a guy who can handle, you know, Nikola Jokic or Anthony Davis or whoever. Right. And Nick Batum, <laughs> defensive player of the year or not, um, maybe isn't that guy either. Uh, though, honestly, maybe he can't play center for, I don't know. I've, I've given up trying to understand the season that Nick Batum is having. Um <laughs> The center he has become an elite and rim protector. He has like these last three weeks. I just he don't understand been, it. Yeah. So like to start the season, he was on fire from three and now he's an elite rim protector. And I think pretty soon he's going to unleash like a Kyrie Irving, uncle drew S candle and start just crossing <laughs> people over, uh, just going between the legs. It's going to be crazy. He's going to unveil a new part of his game. Like every 20 games uh, I'm convinced. And then in the playoffs, it's going to all come together and he's going to, chase down block LeBron James. Um, <laughs> you heard it here first. But anyway, uh, the center the center rotation is not great. And this was partially brought on by uh, my, my friend Jackson Frank on Twitter, posting a lot of clips of Xavier Tillman uh, playing great defense and offense yesterday in the, against the Portland Trailblazers, uh, while Daniel Oturu uh, cannot get off the bench and his name dropped uh, mistakenly in big-time national NBA podcasts. <laughs> uh, the Clippers at the center is not great. Um, and maybe it won't matter. Um, you know, if all's well, zoo and surge are going to play the bulk of the minutes in the playoffs. You have a little bit of small ball in there. I really would like to have a traditional third center who is a bit better than DeMarcus cousins or Patrick Patterson. Um, that's kind of my, my short term is watching those guys is it's kind of fun. They're definitely, you know, they fit the canoe attitude. I do not trust either of them against maybe in the first round, you know, sure. But against like the Suns or the Jazz or the Lakers or whoever, I it's just not going to happen. Um, Two thing- and that's something I think we've we've seen. 
Now that's kind of the short term one for me. Two things to that. It's called the Canatitudes. Um, that's what they have as a Canatitude. <laughs> and um, two, if we're talking about the Lakers specifically, Patrick Patterson's in the wings and he is the certified AD stopper. So I'm I'm cool with that series with the center rotation. I'm with you. I do think that that yeah, Brian Brian Cullen on the pod vouching for Doc Rivers center rotations. <laughs> Just let it be known. <laughs> hey man, I stand by it. I stand by it. Um yeah, I hear you. I do I do think DeMarcus has kind of surprised me with his play and if it's a 6 minute a night thing, 5 minutes to absorb some some time in the playoffs, I'm fine with it. I think he's been good enough there. I think he's been, you know, active enough if it if they need it, you know what I mean? Like I do think that most of it is surge and zoo, but am I the mm-hmm. only one that thinks that he's he can be serviceable at like five minutes a night? I worry about Did the you defense. watch him. He is Did you watch him? Five feels high to me. I could go with two. <laughs> I mean I, I he's a he's a classic like 1990s third string center who you just have like go out, commit three really hard fouls in the span of two right. minutes. Well, I um, I think exactly that. And I think that that has like some type of situational utility i think his ability to be strong as hell and the amount of reps he's had in nba games reading defenses and his ability to make a three even though he's not a great shooter but like there's just enough just enough of an nba skill set there to have to be a utility guy. Now, I would be really worried if the Clippers needed him for 18 minutes a night because I think that yeah, his same. his limitations are severe enough that right. he can't be a playoff rotation guy, but I do think he can be a playoff utility guy. And with what the Clippers had to offer here, which was, hey, you're going to come in and be behind Zubats and Ibaka. You're not going to play unless someone gets hurt or they both get two fouls against Jokic in the first quarter and you get two minutes to end the, the first quarter, right? Like that's the role come in on a rest of season minimum deal. I mean, Dwayne Denman is playing in Miami. Andre Drummond is starting with the Lakers. I don't really know who the Clippers could have gotten. So like, yeah, it, it could be definitely, you could have a better player there, um, but you could have Xavier Tillman there. Specifically. Yeah. You could have Xavier Tillman there, right? If you don't draft Daniel Oturu, but in terms of what they got on the buyout market, um, I mean, I think that, I think that cousins is doing as much as you could possibly expect from a guy in that spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any issues with Cousins in particular. I just don't like the idea of him get. I mean, two minutes is, is fine anymore. I think is is a little pushing right. it just because of how slow he is on defense. He can't move, but that's the problem. He just can't move. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Lucas and I were talking, um, and if you just bring him in to literally punch Nikola Jokic in the face once or twice, I think maybe that's where his utility is in the playoffs. Just come in, hit him really hard, and then. Maybe you're suspended for the next, you know, six games. But maybe it just shakes Jokic up enough to where you have the edge in the series. Or maybe it inspires Paul Millsap to play well again for the last <laughs> two and a half games, and then the Clippers lose in seven. That whole story was so overblown. I'm so tired. That uh, that's, that's the, the most ridiculous thing. It's the most insane thing that I've ever heard in my whole. Paul fucking Millsap got mad at Marcus Morris, and that's why we lost. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. Yeah, the Nuggets. The Nuggets were going to roll over until. Paul Millsap got mad at Marcus Morris right. and then they decided to win. 43 year old Paul Millsap got fired up and it, and invigorized, invigorated. I just made up a word. I'm so anyway, let's get to hot take. Invigorize. Invigorize. <laughs> let's get the hot take, not take because I'm take still up. Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> um, Brian, let's start with you. What's your hot take this week? Hot take. I'm just going to throw it out there. Canoes will win a playoff game. There's, <laughs> 
<laughs> that is a hot take. I respect the hot. They're they're gonna they're gonna come out. They're not gonna deliver that punch that Lucas Hahn is looking for. Uh, they're gonna go down like eighteen. You know, somewhere like midway of the second quarter, um, they're going to kind of come back a little bit and then close the half awful. We've seen this. I'm just telling you the story that we've seen happen. And then in the second half, Lou is just going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's put let's put the canoes out there and the canoes are going to claw the team back into it, claw their way back in and the canoes will win a playoff series. Now, if they rely on that more than once, the canoes will also lose a playoff game, but they're going to win a playoff game. The canoes are going to win a playoff game. That's my hot take. You know, Dr. Dr. Shap keeps on telling us that Luke Kennard is going to have a game in these playoffs. Even if he's not, even if he's not in the nightly rotation, he's going to have a game. And Rob and I keep on saying he's not going to play Shap. but, uh, you know, so you and Dr. Shap can can share some real estate on that island. Yeah. There is absolutely a universe where Luke Kennard wins game three of the Western Conference Finals. Like there is a very specific Pat foul trouble, Reggie being Reggie, but like the bow signed. Um, and then, you know, ties First like, of all, what do we have? What am I going to do? And he's going to point to Luke and Luke's going to come in and hit like five threes and get us back into a game. Yeah. I think the specific thing Shat mentioned was Peja Stojakovic in against the Lakers yeah. in the 2011 Mavs run, where I think he literally played for five minutes and hit three threes. Sure. Like, I could see that. That's what I'm saying. Winning win the game. All right, Lucas, what's your hot take? My hot take is uh, sort of loosely related to what Rob was just saying he doesn't like. I think what the Clippers need, uh, I think the Clippers still need a guy for their for their playoff depth. I think they need a forward who can defend. Um, I think it's not someone who's going to play in the rotation nightly. I think we know who the main eight guys are going to be with Reggie likely being kind of guy eight and a half. Right. Um, but I think that the Clippers need, like you think about Miami's rotation last year, Solomon Hill was not a guy who was in their playoff rotation, but he was a guy who was there, who they could put in for spot duty in certain lineups. The Clippers have four big wings and there are four very, very good players. They might be, uh, you know, four of the Clippers best five players in Paul, Kawhi, Marcus, and Nick. Right. But they, they don't have anyone else who you can say can go out there and guard threes and fours. Terrence is a little bit too small. He, he mm-hmm. might be that guy for them. They might play a little small and use Terrence. Um, Patrick Patterson definitely isn't that guy. Rondé Hollis Jefferson would have been, great for them for a guy that just like, let's say you're, you're getting near the end of the third quarter. The other team is da- you're trying to hold a lead in a playoff series. The other team is keeping their stars in because they're trying to come back in an elimination game. Kawhi's got his fourth foul. Right. And you're like, we just need someone for two minutes to bridge this lineup gap. You need that guy. I think you need that guy on your bench as a coach going through a playoff series, especially trying to win, you know, 16 playoff games. Right. I think you need that guy on your bench and the Clippers don't have him yet. And so the, you know, I don't, I, I think that Yogi Ferrell probably isn't a rest of season guy. Um, right. No offense to Yogi in a vacuum, but he's the number seven guard. I just don't see what, what it comes down to for me is when are you likely to be in a situation where you think I have to look down the bench and point to a guy, right? Right. And like we were just saying with Luke Kennard, there may be a moment for Luke Kennard, but the moment for Yogi Ferrell is going to come after the moment for Reggie Jackson, after the moment for Luke Kennard, after the moment for Terrence Mann. I just right. don't see it. 
I think that there is a much more, a much higher on the depth chart need for like a six, six to six, eight guy who is strong and has a little bit of veteran experience and can come in and can defend the forward positions. What's the cutoff to, to bring somebody in, um, that uh, last eligible? day of the regular season. That's it. Okay. Okay. The, they have to have been, if they were on another team this year, they have to have been waived by the other team by April 9th. But if they were waived before then, or if they have been a free agent this year, or been playing overseas or something, they just have to be signed by the last day of the season. So like a guy like Damari Carroll, I'm not saying Damari Carroll is good or rotation caliber or anything, but I think you can, you can bring him in and have him get some practices and, you know, put him out for two minutes. Hear me out. Luke Mbamute. Yeah. Great. If he's, if he's healthy, right. If he can move, do it. He's that's exactly the type of guy I think really like, right. Like I, I don't think he's healthy, so he's probably not the name, but that's the, that's the archetype here that I'm looking for. And I think that guy Wes Johnson. <laughs> okay. All right. Now no, I want crazy. someone who can that's defend. I want, someone, I want someone who can defend and not a sharpshooter, Rob. <laughs> All right, Rob, since you're on a roll, let's get to your hot take. What's your hot take? I feel like my hot takes this year have not panned out. My hot take to start the season was that Luke Kennard would win six man of the year. That is not oh, good. I'm so sorry. Um, I uh, think I said he rough. wouldn't because he would start too many games. Wow. Oh, God. We were but, all. Uh, I was kind of, I was, we were all I was thinking about, I thought he would get the Reggie Jackson starts. That's where my mind was when I said that. Which to be fair, if Reggie Jackson has started too many games to be eligible for six men of the year. Right. I don't know whether I have a hot take or a not take, which means it's neither. Um, my hot take is that things are going too well for the Clippers. Oh right my God. Good. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was just talking to Justin Wilson about this. When's things th- are lining up too well for them. And it makes me really nervous. It's like in my day job when clients are being too nice or they're just not saying anything. And I know, I know that they're out there conspiring against me. That's exactly what is going on right now with the Clippers. Things are going too well. I mean, I, I feel really bad for the Nuggets. Literally every key player on the Nuggets outside of Nikola Jokic is getting injured. And they looked like the best team in the Western Conference for a couple weeks after the Aaron Gordon trade. Um, the Lakers are still trying to pick their team up together. Uh, you know, the Nets can't get healthy. The Sixers are kind of not playing super well and they can't get healthy. Everything is looking good for the Clippers. The seating is kind of working out okay. Uh, it's my hot take is that the Clippers are playing too well and things are looking too good. <laughs> I, I was saying this to, to Justin Wilson literally earlier today, we were texting and I was saying that the Clippers have been really good for 20 games. They've got 10 games left and then they're going to have to, if they want to win a title, they're going to have to play between 20 and 25 playoff games. When's the last time a team had a 50 game peak? The heat didn't the heat win like 40 out of 50 ga- or 40 out of 50 games or something like that for like that crazy stretch where they won 27 in a row. Didn't they have like some crazy heater like that? Really good teams okay, but, have stretches like that. I mean, I think every time yeah, a championship I mean, I just, team has a stretch like that, other than the Jazz, because the just, Jazz are frauds. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's really hard to maintain like that level for, I think you need to like be peaking in the second round and try to peak for like a month. I don't mm-hmm. know if you can peak for four months. Um, and the Clippers right now, but maybe the Clippers aren't peaking because they're playing half these games without Paul and Kawhi. So, right. you know, right. that would be my argument against that is that this isn't really the true Clippers. I mean, they're sitting out so many key guys that this isn't really them. But things just seem to be going too well. The waters are too smooth and things are never that way for the Clippers ever. Well, that's the, canoe, the canoes. On the other hand, the canoes love the smooth waters. They glide through them. 
and then they get tepid claps after every move. Yeah, I was just gonna say the clap at the end of the video. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is perfect because this goes right into my hot take. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an announcement to make. I am back. I have been telling you guys this whole season that I only (laughs) barely put my toe into the water, that I am not gonna shout it from the mountaintops. Ladies and gentlemen, I am back. And here is my hot take. The Clippers are the 33 and 18 that they have been for the majority of the season. If you take out that stretch in February where they were playing games every other night and they were playing it in every other arena and they went 10 and 11, the Clippers are 33 and eight and their other 41 games. It's a 66 win pace for the majority of the season. They've been doing it unhealthy. They've been, they, they are exactly where they need to be. And I'm not going to jinx it. So I'm not going to go all the way, but everybody knows what I mean by saying I am back, but this feels special. <laughs> This feels like the special season for the Clippers. It was what I wanted last year to feel like, but it never did. Um, and that that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I do think this season feels tangibly different. Even outside of the vibes, I just think this the team just feels different this year yeah. um, mm-hmm. than it did last year. Last year, they really just never gelled. Even people kept talking about the tension in the locker room, but like even on the court, they never really... The, the closest they got was right before the lockout. Right. Um was like it was like nine games the first nine reggie jackson games where he looked amazing um was the closest they got and then things shut down and that was that was really it. so I, I do think this this team is different uh this year for sure okay let's get to some not takes brian we'll start with you again we'll go the same same way brian what's your not take this week yeah, my not take, uh, I mean, we've been talking about how they're getting all these wins without a full squad and all that stuff. You know, now that we're going into this well-rested, you know, part of the the end of the season here, the team needs, to, like the full team needs to get together soon and get some reps in. Because um, the last thing I want to see is is these guys trying to condition in the first round and make a first round more difficult than it needs to be. It, it's kind Again, of what yeah. happened in the bubble last year, you know, against Dallas was bringing guys back in and getting them conditioned and all of that. And it's it would just be an unnecessary amount of stress. And so if some of these are, you know, not the realist injuries. And it was kind of like, a, let's just get some rest. Um, let's let's get everybody, you know, fresh for this last stretch, get them ready for the playoffs. Now's the time. The the run, we're at the end of the runway here. And so they need to get together and like become that team, right? Like maybe they haven't peaked yet and maybe it has just been the Cinderella story and maybe they need to actually peak. And that's what these next two weeks um, need to be. Otherwise, I will be a bit concerned. You know, if it is like we're bringing, you know, three guys back in that first round, I'm going to have some major concerns for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm really for looking sure. for, for Serge Ibaka to play in that game uh, against Denver. Cause he's not on the trip with them, right? They just won in right. Houston. They're going to new Orleans. They're going to Phoenix. When they come back to LA and they have that four game homestand starting with the Denver game, I think he, I, I'm looking for Ibaka to play then. Um, I will be, yeah. I would be right now. I haven't really been super concerned, even though he's missed a lot of the season at this point. If he doesn't play in that game, I will actually be legitimately concerned as Robert is saying about the center depth and what the rotation is really going to look like. Uh, Pat, I think is, is trickier because his, we know is a, like not say that anyone has a fully fake injury, but him, we like, he literally broke a bone. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it is what it is, but um, yeah, no, I think I'm, I'm with you, Brian. Pat, I feel like we'll come back. Like, whatever. Like, I think Serge needs some time to kind of get back into the flow of basketball, whereas Pat's a maniac. 
And that's just his greatest skill other than like his actual basketball skill is he's just a maniac. And so you can just let Pat go and he'll just be Pat Beverly. Like, you know exactly what that is. But if Serge's back is really this bad and he's not just working on his album, um, it will be concerning if he doesn't get some tune-up games for sure. Um, you took, I mean, you have the same not take as me. The team, the team needs time to actually get all of the major pieces back in a row so that Ty knows sort of how the rotation works for what he's envisioned. Uh, so Lucas, what's your not take? Hold on. I just, sorry, Joseph, did you just hint at the fact that Sammy Soba is dropping an album? I just think all signs point to the fact that he's been, he's been in the lab, you know, Okay. he's coming out with these fits. (laughs) He's showing out, you know, he released that song um, with his buddy, you know, the champion song, It, it goes pretty hard, you know, it's pretty good. And I think that that just made him have the itch. You know, he's got to get back. He's got to get back in the stew. All right. All right. I hate that you said that. So let's go back to uh, Lucas. What's your not take? My my not. I have an adjacent not take, which is that Patrick Beverly and Serge Ibaka are better basketball players than Reggie Jackson and DeMarcus Cousins. And I feel like it needs to be said because I'm seeing just a little too much on my Twitter and in my blog comments of like mock playoff rotations where Reggie is still the starting point guard and Pat is coming off the bench. That's not going to happen, and it would be bad if it did. Uh, that is Rajon Rondo better than Pat Beverly. No, uh, but he might be better than Reggie Jackson. Um, yeah, but but I, I mean, I think I think Rajon is, is number eight, and I think that Reggie's number nine for me on this team. But yeah, I mean, Pat absolutely come. You know, you for all the reasons Ryan's saying, you need these guys to get back, and you need them to get back in the flow. But like Patrick Beverly is a better basketball player than Reggie Jackson. Defense exists, right? right? Uh, and Sergi Baca is better than Cousins on both ends of the floor. So while it, both of these guys have done their roles admirably as injury replacements, obviously Reggie to a much greater scale and degree in terms of how well he's played and the amount of games he started, Patrick Beverly is the guy. When he comes back, Patrick Beverly is the guy. Right. And s- similar Cousins, you know, I think Cousins has given m- everything you could possibly want for a 10-day guy over these last 20 days. He, he's... I think three games this week for the Clippers legitimately made a positive impact off right. the bench. Sergi Baca is a better, more reliable basketball player on both ends of the floor. Th- these guys aren't going to be playing minutes in the playoffs. Pat and Serge are better basketball players than them. That is my not take. It's a good one. It's a good. That's it would fair. be it would be an issue if they're playing big minutes. Either of those guys, big yes. big minutes. Maybe spot like we've talked about emergency minutes. Reggie will probably get more minutes in the early rounds. I think Reggie can be like a 12 to 18 yeah. for me shooting. Like he's cause he's, yeah. he's guy number nine, you know, depending on, on how things go. No, Rob, this is my not take. We're flowing perfectly here. My not take is I still don't trust Reggie Jackson in the playoffs. I hear you. <laughs> I love Reggie has brought so much joy goggles. Reggie. I want him to get his statue, preferably mid bounce. Like <laughs> all this is, is wonderful. Um, Defense matters. I do not trust him to play an ounce of defense against good teams in the playoffs. All these teams have guards. Ironically enough, the Nuggets might be the best matchup for them because all their guards are getting injured. Um, and, you know, the Lakers, too, maybe don't. But I, LeBron will just find any mismatch possible. Right. He's just not playable against teams like that. I just I still don't trust Reggie Jackson in the playoffs. Like, he's been great. But every single problem that he had last year is still there, right? The problem wasn't that he didn't shoot. If you look at his playoff numbers last year, he shot the ball great. 
The problem is he's atrocious on defense and still play to play. You can't quite trust his decision-making on offense. So I don't think he should be the ninth guy. I do think Terrence Mann should be the ninth guy, um, even though he can't really shoot that much and teams will probably leave him. I, I do trust him from the corners. And I think the stuff that he brings as a defender, even though he's probably a little overrated there and as a rebounder, just energy guy, his ability to push the pace and, and get to the basket is ultimately more valuable and a little bit more consistent maybe than Reggie and is just has probably less weaknesses actually. So that's my not take. My not take is I still don't really want Reggie Jackson to play in the playoffs. He's done his part. Um, but that is still the biggest, the, the biggest weakness for the Clippers is that point guard, you know, do, do we think Pat Beverly will be back? will be healthy. will be conditioned and ready to play. We'll have reps with the rest of this team. If not, we're relying on, you know, a 35, 36 year old Rajon Rondo who also doesn't have many reps with this team as good as he's looked. Um, and is also a guy who teams will, you know, help off of when he has the ball and, and is, you know, behind the three point line or Reggie Jackson, who is an awful defender. Um, and then, you know, Luke Kennard is your other option also can't defend. Um, so I think that's really, you know, the, the not take is Reggie Jackson still don't trust him in the playoffs. And that, that leads perfectly into the other stuff, which is that they need Pat Beverly healthy. Right. And like, he doesn't have to be playing 30 or 35 minutes. I don't think we're going to see that unless it's like literally game seven of, you know, second round or, or further, you know, hopefully. Um, but I, that is the part that is most worrying to me from a, a bigger terms perspective. Yeah. I trust, I trust him for, I trust, you know, canoes hall of famer, Reggie Jackson for one game. And I, I stated that in my hot take. So, yeah. Oh, I think he can win a, a game. Like, I think if they do turn to him, I think there is definitely a chance Reggie comes in and hits, you know, four threes in five minutes mm -hmm. and, you know, <laughs> the goggles, you know, get thrown into the ceiling or whatever. Um, but I also think there's a, a good chance he comes in and he misses two threes and teams hunt him down on the other end. And it's really bad. And that's what we saw against the Mavs last year. And I can't even remember because I think I've just blocked out the Nuggets series from my brain. Uh, I think he played minutes against the Nuggets and it's not go well. Well, uh, but again, they did have Jamal Murray. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, but we've seen it already, right? We've seen him get hunted already this season, like in regular season games against yeah. good teams. Big, strong wing players, guards are going to find him. They're going to and they're going to attack him. Um, and that's that's a big issue. Um, however, I would really love to hear Brian Seaman channel Vince Gully and say, throw your Rex backs to the sky uh, when Reggie Jackson wins a game. It'd be really great. So um, I, I when the Clippers. He, he is, yeah. When when the Clippers retire Reggie's jersey, do you think they'll just put Jackson and then a little like stitch of the goggles instead of a number? Yeah. Absolutely. I think so. Yeah. I that, think that's, that's what I want to Reggie. see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It'll be, it'll be Ralph with the, with the microphone, with the microphone, Jackson, Reggie. With the goggles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I think that's, that's exactly how we need to open the new arena. Hand um, with the pint, pint of ice cream. Right. It'll be yeah. 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 <laughs> that's all. It's all there. It's all there. Oh my, man. my, um, my pushback, Robert, but, my pushback is that last year, Reggie Jackson was guy number nine and guy number eight was Lou Williams who is a on the ball scoring can space the floor, doesn't play defense guard. And this year it's Rajon Rondo. And I think that if Lou Williams was guy number eight, Terrence Mann is a better fit as guy number nine. I think that with Rondo as guy number eight, if Rondo and Mann play together, there's not going to be very much spacing on that lineup and having, you know, Rondo and Jackson. And also like the big thing with Reggie in the playoffs last year was, Patrick Beverly was hurt. Reggie was starting at point guard and he's not a great decision maker, but if 
Beverly's healthy and starting at point guard and Rondo is playing backup point guard and Reggie's really kind of, he's the backup shooting guard in this scenario more than anything. I think he's asked to do a little bit less of that decision-making the Clippers system this year asks him to do less because Paul George is really the point guard. It's more of a shooter's role for 12 minutes. Um, And I think that, I mean, I think it's more, I think it's more workable than if you were asking him to play those 12 minutes next to Lou Williams. Oh, I, I agree with that. I mean, my thing would just be, I would prefer, you know, if the Clippers just went eight man, yeah. you know, go full Tibbs and just not play Reggie. I mean, they don't even have to play Terrence. I would prefer to see Terrence over Reggie, but like, I don't think he is, you know, a must play player and, you know, deep playoff games. Um, but I, I really, even next to Rondo, cause I mean, Rondo has impressed me more on offense than defense. I don't think his defense has been bad, but there are people talking about how his defense is a big reason why the Clippers defense has surged, which is not, no, <laughs> um, he's much better on that end than like Lou or Reggie or, or Luke, but, um, his defense hasn't been great. He does get a lot of steals. He reads the game really well. Um, but he's giving up a ton of size and a Reggie Rajon backcourt is just tiny in the playoffs um you know it's better than reggie lou but i just i don't know um i'm i'm wary of of before before we move on i want to end a little bit positively because i feel like we have now gone into the nitpick the clippers playoff rotation segment um and i feel like it's a little early for that i also this is how every conversation ends yeah i just i feel like we also are all living in this world where no adjustments are going to be made and we're all panicking about who is chosen and that yeah. we're feeling like that's who it's going to be. And they're going to get, yeah, we've same. been watching the Clippers for the last decade. Exactly. It's really going to be a mere coffee. Yeah. That's, that's really, <laughs> you were talking earlier about how we need a wing with some size you can defend and I have a fresh pot for you. Um, okay. So <laughs> I just really want to say I, the, the main thing that has made me, sort of re-energized this season is the fact that we have watched Ty make adjustments and ride guys who are playing well and look at the game that's going on in front of him and go, oh, that's not working. Or, oh, we need this right now. And then turn to the person who is going to give them that. Um, And the beauty of the canoes is that we now have more film to like look at and be like, what can these guys do in really crazy situations and crazy lineups and who did they play well with and blah, 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 blah. I feel a little bit more confident that in the playoffs, if Reggie is getting hunted, he will turn to Terrence Mann or somebody else. If something isn't going right, there will probably be an adjustment. Um, and I think that that's something we can all quibble about who it should be. And I think that's a fun conversation to have just us. But in terms of like looking forward, it's probably not going to be as static as we think it is because this team is, you know, got some depth and there are guys who can give you specific things at specific times. I mean, Ty Lue would not play Montrose Harrell against Nikola Jokic in must-win playoffs. I have it on good authority that he tried not to play Montrose Harrell in high-leverage situations uh, in the playoffs. So, Yeah, uh, actually, um, I heard that he, uh, after the way Game 5 went, before Game 6, Ty Lue went out early and chewed a bunch of gum at halftime and put it on Trez's seat so that he would be stuck, but it was ineffective. Uh, the train, the equipment guy just got him some new shorts and he went in the game anyway. <laughs> really unfortunate that that plan didn't work. It was a good one. Uh, I texted him. About yeah. It. I mean, th- well, yeah. this is, this is, that's what got him the job at the end of the day. If that's yeah. a Ty Lue adjustment, I'm terrified. If that's how he's <laughs> adjusting to these series, I'm fucking terrified. All right. Let's get to our fun segment. Um, 
This is track of the week. Uh, a recent review on Twitter of our podcast mentioned that they like our podcast because of the music recommendations and didn't really talk about our sports analysis. So we are going <laughs> to go into what the fans want. Um, and it is track of the week. So let's start with Rob. Okay. Is, is this supposed to be a recent track? Is it supposed to be like a, a no. whatever this you is want your it to first be. time oh. on the show? So literally, it could be something that you liked six months ago for one day. I don't care. It's just a track yeah. that you have. I mean, with. yeah, Jovan, I, I listen to a lot of music. Um, so I will I'll throw out two songs. Okay. I will throw out a an older song that um, I've been listening to a lot now that the weather's getting a little bit nicer for Michigan, which is my homeboy's Chevy by Andre Nicotina and Mac Dre. Um, oh, off their joint album like 13 years album. ago. Um, it's, it's just a great song to uh, to ride while driving. And uh, my second song is a song by this uh, UK artist called Obong Jair. And it's I think that's how you pronounce his name. It's called Still Sun. It's a banger. Both really good. Highly recommend. You like Nicotina? I'm not. I'm not big on him. I've never gotten into him. He has always bothered me. Go ahead. Not a big Nicotina guy. Big Dre Dog fan, though. Yeah, for oh, yeah. the name change, oh, yeah. love Dre Dog. Yeah, I I don't know. It's I, it's mainly the beats for me. Yeah. Um, especially when I'm in in a car, like I don't I, I don't pay attention to the, the lyrics too much unless it's like a pop song that I want to yell at the top of my lungs. Um, <laughs> but but uh, no, uh, yeah, for that it's it's mostly the beat. You know, it just sounds good, and I'm I'm just driving around with the windows down. So, um, yeah, I, I can see not necessarily the the greatest rapper of all time. Real, real quick question though, since you're since you're from Michigan, Michigan is basically like taken hyphy as its own. Rob's from Burbank. Um, well, I know, but Straight you're living in, in Michigan. But what I'm saying <laughs> is, since you're there, they've basically taken like the hyphy movement and made it their own, and now that's what like Michigan rappers are doing now, right? Detroit and Oakland and the Bay Area have had like a weird connection for a very long time, and I remember reading articles about this, and I'm not entirely sure why or how it developed, but it has been. Um, I don't honestly listen to too much local Detroit hip hop. Um, there are some good artists. I, I love Danny Brown. Yeah. Um, that's not really ride around in the car music, but uh, you know, and that's is, definitely Michigan. Yeah. It's like in the cold of winter when, you know, you're, you're cold and you're just not feeling great and you just throw on some Danny Brown. It's like, ah, oh, this, this is music that fits the weather and the mood. Um, I don't listen to a ton of other Detroit and no, I, I don't listen to Eminem or Big Sean. So yeah. who does <laughs> Lucas, uh, what's your track when, uh, before before that when I played uh, I played basketball and volleyball in high school, and for our volleyball home game warmups, everyone got to pick one song to put on the mixtape, and my song was "Guap" by Big Sean. So uh, I, I'm I'm offended at Robert's comments. <laughs> that's not that's one of Big Sean's better songs. It's a low bar. Though. <laughs> um, my track of the week is uh, okay. So there it's. There's a, a TikTok trend that uses the song RGF Island by Fetty Wap, where he says, it's a good song. says, I do this for my squad. I do this for my gang. And that's how I, I play that when I get out the ice cream in the third quarter to make the Clippers go on a run. <laughs> I literally have like listened to that song like 10 times this week while eating ice cream during Clippers games. So I, that has to be it yeah. for me. You should play the song by Montana of 300 called Ice Cream Man. I think that's the name of it. We played that song all the time sophomore year of college. Anyway. If, if we were on last week, I definitely would have gone. We would have just, everyone would have done a different Shmurda song, but 
Yes. Uh, had to mix it up this week because Reggie had a more, he was still good, but it was, he didn't, it wasn't game winner against his old team. Good. Right. Brian, what's your track of the week? Wow. I'm going to come off as like the biggest square on the show now uh, with my track of the week. Uh, I've been listening to uh, the album Nebraska by Bruce Springsteen a lot. Um, the track, the, the track Atlantic city is such a good song. It's one of my favorite Springsteen songs, uh, specifically Springsteen because he's one of those artists that like, didn't, I didn't connect with for the longest time. I was just like, I don't get it. This fucking like Americana, like pop nonsense. And then I was on a road trip. I was on tour and heard it in the car, like out in the middle of nowhere on a highway. And I was like, Oh, I fucking get it now. Like it clicked. I was like, this is what Springsteen is for. Um, and then I heard that album specifically, which is like probably his darkest album. Um, a lot of it is uh, is based on like the Charles Starkweather, like killing spree, which is like what the uh, uh, natural born killers that movie is based off of. Um, that's kind of like a, a theme that comes in and out of that album. And he was listening to this band, this like punk band from like the 70s called Suicide uh, that was like really odd and experimental. And he does all these like kind of like weird background noises throughout the album that are like clearly inspired by, by suicide. But like, yeah, I've got a, a trip coming up and, and that puts me in the, uh, in the mood, um, to go on a killing spree. No, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm going out to the uh, back country for like eight days to go camping alone and like being on the road, driving out there. Like this album is like getting me ready for it. So, uh, yeah, you should live in Michigan. You should live in North Carolina. I yeah. should just live. Can I? Yeah, well, what a deep cut that you just gave to the to the diehard Clipset listeners. Uh, serial killer Brian is back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I am very here for it. Um, also, for all you uh, big-time Clipset listeners, that is the third time you've heard Brian tell the Springsteen story of how he decided to love Bruce Springsteen. And I is hope that, that true? you enjoyed it as much this time. Yeah, you've is said it, true? I think, three times. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we got the turkey. One time week, it was because Springsteen... Yeah, it was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Finally, um, you are not the biggest square this week um, because of my track of the week. Uh, mine's weird, but it's even uh, less hip hop than yours is. Um, first of all, I want to say uh, rest in peace. We lost another rapper this week. Shock G of Digital Underground has died. Shock G is genius, um, very talented. Uh, I've very much enjoyed his music. If you want to listen to probably what is most known for uh, the Humpty Dance by Digital Underground uh, is his character, Humpty Hump. Um, just a lot of fun. Uh, but let's take a hard left turn to my track of the week. And it is The Earth Died Screaming by Tom Waits. Now, this is pretty much because Brian and I were talking about Tom Waits before this episode, but that is a track and a half by Tom. Um, it's very weird. And I just love Tom Waits. So I just wanted to get that in there because all I do is hip hop on the show and it doesn't really show what it is that I listen to on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. So, uh, heavy See, I'm York... surprised you got Lucas on a, on like a non super. Oh yeah. Like, no, that emo pop song. That's, like I'm, I'm that's shocked. like probably the only, if, if I looked at my like Spotify for the week, that's probably the only hip hop song that I, that I listened to this week. I don't listen to very much hip hop, but it it's, it, I listened to, I've been listening to it during Clippers games. So like it had to be the pick. And the rest of it's just hey. Elliot Smith the rest of the time. No, I've been listening to uh, I've been listening to a lot of Cave Town this week. I'm not familiar, so I'll have to check. That okay, out. you don't. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I'm just going to but... give you the nod, and then we're going. Yeah, move just on. give me the nod, and we'll move on. <laughs> a good audio. That's why nod. I went with wow, Eddie okay, for the yeah, show. Interesting. <laughs> there you go, gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're going to lay out. So plug plug away. 
either of you, both of you, tell us where we can find you, where we can read you, where we can hear you. Uh, the floor is yours. Uh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, the blog is 213hoops.com. Robert and I founded it together. We do our thing. Uh, if you look up 213 Hoops, wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find all of our shows. There are three of them, but uh, Robert and Lewis don't do same old Clippers very often. Maybe when the Clippers get eliminated from the playoffs, we'll get another one. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, follow on Twitter at 213 Hoops, at Lucas J. Han, at Rich Homie Flom. And at the Law of the Jam Pod. Awesome, super excited to get you guys here. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us this week and listening. Uh, wherever you're listening to us, uh, just make sure you subscribe, uh, rate, and review if that's a possibility. And we are going to direct everybody towards our Patreon. Uh, we are completely listener supported. We want to stay completely listener supported. Um, as always, the show will be free no matter what. Um, but if you have the ability to do it, please support the show. Become a patron. Uh, we've got some some shout outs here. Oh, that's uh, patreon.com slash clipsetpod if you want to help sustain. Uh, and if you do, you get a shout out. And we got a couple shout outs this week. So I um, want to shout out official members of the Clipset, Natasha Dye and Annie Gulliver. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, and we have a new Clipset commander, uh, Kyle Hampton. Shout out Kyle Hampton, Clipset commander of the week. We appreciate you supporting us. Um, yeah, and everybody, remember at home to always wash, rinse, sanitize, repeat. If you don't, Dominic's going to win. And that's a fact. Yeah.